Welcome back, everybody. It is Eric and John, the Texas Biangle. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, here to talk Rocket Spurs, Mavs, NBA basketball, as always. Hey, John, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going all right. How are you? Doing pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's been an interesting week for Texas basketball. The Rockets are currently the hottest team in Texas. I don't get it. On a winning streak, they keep saying we have a streak going two for in a the row. first time. Yeah, like, Hey, you know what? If, if 15 in a row is a streak, so is two in a row. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's fun to see. I'm happy. I'm uh, completely, dude, I'm a complete 180 emotionally from the last time we did the podcast. It's pretty funny. Yeah, a lot yeah. of folks are, it seems like. It really, seriously. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, uh, the only thing that just happened was John Wall dropped the, dropped the bomb on us with the whole, uh, <laughs> I want to come back and I want to start demands. Um, I would welcome him back for one, but I think starting is a bit much. I think mm-hmm. kind of derails the progress there. I think him taking DJ Augustine's minutes would be awesome, but uh, I don't know that he's going to agree to that. This might end up with Tillman fishing into his pocketbook, man. Like it might, it, the the bluff might actually work. Like I, I could see some kind of buyout negotiations starting after after all of this gets messy. But I don't know, man. Yeah, I think it's a I'm, lot of money. I'm on the side of playing John Wall doesn't necessarily hurt this team or hurt anyone's development. Yes, I I know we are still under the delusion that K, KPJ has been playing better. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, he's fantastic last two games. I'm still never going to be convinced that he's a point guard, <laughs> and I think. Having John Wall around and having a guy who can, uh, you know, be an example on the court doesn't hurt. And I mean, having a guy who can feed Shangoon. Yep. Uh, he's gonna make Wall. He's gonna make Wood look better. Yep. That's only gonna help Wood's trade value. Both of those guys, yeah. I feel like the development of the bigs is getting overlooked in the uh, with the the way it kind of runs counter to the development of the guards. It might accelerate stuff with some of the bigs yeah. uh, having Wall out there. I'm with you there. And I just think uh, Green and KPJ are just a little overextended, especially Green. Um, I think just having someone who can take a little pressure off of him in a in a meaningful way in terms yep. of just taking care of the offense i was gonna say someone who can take pressure off but not eric gordon (laughs) he's he's not a point guard either and it's not fair to be like okay we really need to be sure of things give eric gordon the rock and have him bring it up in a way Mm -hmm. that he hasn't really been responsible to uh, for his whole career so far so no i i i think it would be nice to have wall back i think he would be a good example I don't think he would hurt development necessarily, but I do think how you use him could potentially hurt development. Like if you lean on him too much, if he wants mm. to come back and be the man and is running his own plays, um, that that could get problematic. And we saw a little bit of that last season, even when it wasn't even a, a develop the young guys type season. Mm. He was actually trying, um, and it would be like they'd ask Silas at the end of the game, was that weird John Wall ISO three-pointer what you drew up for the last play down to? And he would say, not exactly, you know? So (laughs) I worry that that kind of shit goes back to to being the norm with Wall coming back and trying to play a major role on Mm -hmm. the team. I think there's a large percentage of Rockets fans out there who would only be satisfied if we're getting 48 minutes apiece from Green and KPJ. Yeah, it's true. They don't want to see anything else, but that, you know... That's not realistic. No. And the other th- the other thing that I've seen kind of floating around is that playing wall is going to ruin the tank. And <sighs> look, here, here's the thing. We got to think about it in terms of the lottery odds. First of all, I don't think John Wall moves the needle regardless. No. But, he lost 20 games in a row last season yeah. with John Wall. 
having the worst record or the third worst record, there's not really a big difference in terms of your odds of getting one of the top three picks. No. There can be a big difference, however, in the psyche of the team and how Mm -hmm. they feel about their momentum going forward and things like that. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm in in that camp as well, that shooting for the fourth to third best record wouldn't be the end of the world either. Mm -hmm. At least some moral victories every now and then. And not having the Silas family name soiled by both (laughs) of the worst NBA teams in history being coached by them. (laughs) And I think I think Silas does deserve having a guy out there who can execute. Um, and we'll get to Silas in a little bit, but yep. yeah, I just it seems like things are starting to trend in a more palatable direction for this Rockets team. Big time. Uh, during that losing streak, it was some of the ugliest basketball I had ever seen. Likewise, uh, you know the the pitchforks had come out for Silas. Oh yes, they're still kind of there. Yeah, they're just like lowered a little bit. They're like head height instead of stuck into the sky. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess the moral of the story here is that playing John Wall, even if he starts, it's not really the end of the world. I mean, it doesn't hurt to just be on the good side of a side of a guy who's still a prominent name in the NBA, even though he's not a prominent player. You know, very true. Um, and and Houston Rockets could u- always use all the help they can get as far as national perception yeah. and, and media <laughs> write-ups and things like that. And it doesn't look good right now. Everybody's on Wall's side saying, why the fuck is this team that can't win a game not playing its arguably best player? And uh, I don't know that I buy Wall as the best player on this team by any no. means, but uh, it's... It's Shingun. Yeah, it's Shang- <laughs> it's Shingun at this point, yes. <laughs> Everything is Shingun. Um, but yeah, I... I I don't really want it to happen. I really wish that it was just a matter of, can we just pay him to go pick a new team? That would be awesome for everybody involved, but it's so much money. Asking someone to drop $91 million to fire someone is just unreasonable. Um, Like Tillman or not, that's a pretty unreasonable request of anybody. But at the same time, I mean, if you're not going to play him at all, what's the difference between paying him to sit out very true. Paying him to leave. Very true. And if he signs with another team, some of the money that he gets with the new team is going to come off of the contract yep. that he has with the Rockets. So, yep. you know. So I, I I wish that would be a route that people would be willing to explore. Uh, it won't, however, I don't believe ever. Um, it, it's just... Uh, it's going to get... It might get ugly, and the best way to handle it might be just to play his ass. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jalen Green's going to get less minutes. KPJ might get less minutes. That sucks, but um, hopefully they're really productive with, with what they get. Yeah. And, uh, they're they you know, they're more appreciative when they get the keys after Wall's situation yeah. is resolved, I guess. And there's, yeah. there's nothing necessarily wrong with reeling in these guys. No, definitely not. I know you want them to get reps, but you want them to get good reps. Yes. If they're out there practicing the wrong way and doing the wrong things and building bad habits and just having carte blanche to do what they want. Exactly. That's not good for their development. No, it's yeah. not. It can be a hindrance and it can keep it can cap their ceiling in ways that being humble and, and appreciative and working hard it can it can can work the other way and raise that ceiling. So I'm I'm cautiously okay with a John Wall return. I'd like it to be a twenty minute a game type situation, but who knows yeah. with Silas, the way he kind of leans on vets, but eh, we'll see, man. I hope it doesn't get too ugly. I really hope it doesn't get too ugly because again, a lot of people are, are looking like they're kind of turning their corner on, on this team roster and uh staff. 
though. So speaking of turning the corner, uh, one Mr. Steven Silas hey, uh, hey. seems to have uh, gotten the gears turning a little bit on this young team. I think so. Um, I think we're starting to see what his offense is capable of when there's actual space on the floor. And it, it sucks to... No one wants to speak ill of Daniel Tice because he plays hard and he's a good basketball player, but the fit with him at the five and Wood at the four was dubious at best, you yeah. know, and, and taking him out of the rotation entirely has completely fixed this team more or less. It definitely um, helps a lot. Yeah, yeah. a lot. Uh, and again, once we get into uh, Anthony Davis, uh, Carl Anthony Towns type games, Joel Embiid, those type games, then it's get, we're going to need Tice for defense for sure. Um, or at least for a few fouls. Yes, yeah. for a few minutes, to yeah. something to get Woods wind back because Woods just get he gets bullied by centers that are that much bigger than him. Um, and and so a lot of those guys can combat his quickness advantage in ways that other ones can't. Mm. Um, so... I do think Tice has a place on this roster, but I think it's awesome that he's not quite a big rotation piece anymore. I think he's a, we always use the term, or you use the term break glass and emergency. Um, and I think that would be a good piece to have, even though he's a little overpaid for that role. It's okay. Um, it's fine. Yep. And, and honestly, by December 15th, he might find a new home too. Um, even though he was just recently signed, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up elsewhere where he can contribute a little bit more and fit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Silas is, I, I personally am noticing, I don't know how much responsibility Lucas has on this end of the floor, but the defensive side of things have looked pretty spectacular the last couple games at times and disciplined and everybody's like moving and rotating and communicating and talking and, and the scheme seems nice. And I'm, I, I didn't take silas for a guy who would put much stock in that into the floor it seems because mm -hmm. he's the offensive genius you know the boy wonder from dallas um and no it's it's fucking looking great i'm, I'm happy with the development and the trends and i'm really happy that he kind of got his feet to the fire yeah and and now he's he's responded in a big way it certainly seems that the news that came out about Silas and his job maybe being in jeopardy seems to have galvanized this team a little bit, which is yes. a really good sign because that tells me that the players didn't want him fired. Yes. And the other thing is, is it might have forced him to adjust his approach a little bit because yep. I think schematically, since he's been there, his approach has been fine. Mm -hmm. What he's doing is conducive to good modern NBA offense. Like before we got on here, we were talking about uh, the Rockets paint points and how they're taking more shots at the rim and less shots yeah. from uh, long two than any other team in the NBA. It's just, it hasn't worked. And a lot yeah. of that has to do with having guys that don't know how to execute yet. <laughs> and, you know, just all of the turnover and turmoil that this team has had over the last year and a half, almost two years now. Yep. And it's just such a night and day difference when these guys are knocking down a shot or two, like a layup or a, a wide open three, anything. It's mm -hmm. just, it, it's the attitude difference can just become palpable instantly. Um, and it's cool to see Chris Wood looking like he's having fun again. Um, it's cool to see Daniel House now looking like a viable contributor. Uh, it's, he saved our asses in that, that Chicago game. He did. Um, KPJ, I'm very sorry, sir. I've been talking, I've been very harsh on KPJ. I didn't realize how much that injury seemed to have been affecting him. Uh, cause he came back with an extra gear that he just hasn't had all season. It seems like 
He's quick. He's decisive. His passes have looked on point the last two games. He's really strung together two awesome games, and that's all I was asking is keep giving me multiple games back-to-back for once instead yeah. of one every four or two every five, you know? And it's it's uh, it's coming together weirdly quickly, it feels like. I'm sure the rails mm. will come off. We'll lose three or four in a row, and I'll be uh, back in doom and gloom next week. But that, That's just part of rebuilding. It is, yes. But, uh, back to KPJ, I was watching some of the tape on the, the Charlotte game. Not as much in the Chicago game, but his – Overall control and some of the passes he was making were good. Yep. And it was almost um, reminiscent of what you saw in Milwaukee last year. Yes. So we are seeing a little bit more of that. The efficiency stats still have a good ways to go. Definitely. Which says a lot because this is the best basketball he's played all year and it's still not quite there. So yes, I think you just kind of have to hope that it keeps trending in the right direction because it looks I mean, the eye test looks great right now. Big time. Yeah. Yep. And he's still, but I, again, it'll still be three plays of doing the right thing and then uh, some really curiously bad choices and, and strange shots. And you, you look at him and you see is the little gears turning in his head that are like, yeah, dude, I'm going to shoot this step back three right here. And yeah, it's man. like, KPJ, hey, don't <laughs> shoot that step back, dude. Don't shoot that step back. And he shoots the step back and bricks the shit out of it. So young guards, young guards who aren't pure point guards who weren't like groomed from a young age to be the the man at the helm of an offense. They just, <laughs> it takes so long to figure it out. <laughs> it really does. And it's probably going to be a couple more years of what the fuck are you doing? Why did you do that? Don't do that. Yep. Yeah. And, and I've been encouraged the last two games by how much fewer or how many fewer occurrences of that type of uh, outburst from me that I've mm-hmm. had watching KPJ <laughs> run the point. He's looked decisive and calm uh, last game in particular with the Hornets. It was just it's it's fun to see these guys moving in the right direction, and it was fun to see how they responded to a little mm-hmm. kick in the ass um, with the Silas reports dropping. I'm mm-hmm. wondering how much of that was just a strategic thing from the front office. Like, yeah, we're not gonna fucking fire this guy, but yeah. something's going on. I mean, we need to see what happens here. We need to see what the response from the team is. If it, if the word gets out that he might be in trouble, I don't know that they'd really game that hard. That seems kind of fucked up. But kind of waiting on that long form piece from Tim McMahon or something about what's been happening uh, with the Rockets for the start of the season because we don't we still don't know like the internal mechanisms of what's been going on, but something changed and hopefully this is indicative of, um, you know, not, you don't want to get out of the bottom of the lottery just yet, but hopefully it's indicative of a, a more enjoyable product for the rest of the season. Exactly. And competitive games with guys who look like they want to play together and get better together and, yeah. and, and run an offense instead of just do it themselves. Yeah. So good on you, Steven Silas. I never lost faith, my man. You, I, I got lonely over here. Some of, I've seen a lot of people kind of like putting away their their <laughs> swords and like, you know, like, all right, all right, it's cool. Leave the guillotine be for now. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people kind of like not quite ready to forgive him or admit that they were wrong about wanting to fire him. But a lot of the criticism was so unwarranted. Like some some things they've got points on absolutely like, the rotations been, were terrible yeah, sometimes it should have been that bad but that's just what a lot of coaches do is they have to weed out um 
the the bald spots in the rotation. Exactly. And the only way to weed them out is to find out can they perform or not. Yes, and yeah. and you can't give guys four or five games to do it because yeah. good or bad, their performance might just be a streak or a fluke. You know, so it's it's tough. But at times you got to give it. It sometimes it takes yeah. losing fifteen games in a row, as you so eloquently put it in a text message to me. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's uh, important to take the lumps and figure stuff mm-hmm. out along the way. You can't just knee-jerk react to everything along the way or you end up with the least cohesive unit ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, good good on you, Silas, for sticking to your guns and keeping the faith. Um, good on you, fans of the Rockets, who weren't quite so ready to send this man off the plank. And uh, good on you, Garrison Matthews, for <laughs> existing. Man, holy <laughs> shit, that kid's fun to watch. Another Raph Stone special. Um, his, he's just... I don't know. He's PJ Tucker on defense and he's, he's not really that good, but he takes charges <laughs> like tuck, you know, yeah. he's like, a, he's a charge machine and he uh, just hits that wide open three when you need him to. And uh, him and Chris Wood, I uh, really, he's, he's what you want to Tice to be. Yes, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I guess so. He's just smaller. He's, he's like a, f- a, a three version of Tice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, man, I'm enjoying watching the Rockets, and it's not just that they won two games in a row. It's that it's a completely better-looking product and a, a team that looks like they they love each other and like they want to help each other mm-hmm. instead of just a bunch of guys together out there in the same uniform. Yeah. So. That's that's how I'll wrap up on the Rockets, I think. is I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I hope John Wall doesn't disrupt things, but... He's been there this entire time and, and he's been helping and, and working out and he knows these kids and he knows everybody else on the team. And, and I'm pretty certain that he's not going to rock the boat personality wise and he's not going to stink things up that bad or, or be a cancer about it. I think he just wants to hoop again. So let's let's give it a chance. Let's see what happens with Wall. It might actually help our, our young guards a little bit. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Let's 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 move on, shall we? Which way we want to go north or, or west? <laughs> Say, let's go west let's go west yeah because yeah. yeah you know who cares about the mavs anyways no one that listens to us hey it's true <laughs> it's true maybe kovar if kovar's still listening i doubt it i doubt it yeah we stopped doing mavs analysis long ago yeah you'll get a text from him about it every now and then if he was listening right <laughs> if you're out there give us a sign yes that's all we're saying yeah kovar come on what the hell <laughs> yeah so he's uh, gonna be like who the fuck is kovar <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, you don't need to know. Yeah. So San Antonio, uh, they had a one and two week, I believe. They finally snapped a six-game losing streak with the game against the Celtics. Uh, the Boy but, Scout comment got to everybody, right? I don't. I, I think it was misinterpreted. I think Ime Yudoka's comment about the Spurs was taken out of context. Mm-hmm. I think what he meant by the Boy Scouts is that. The, the Spurs don't operate like everyone else in the NBA in that they're above board in everything they do, and they're very, you know, Boy Scout-esque about it. Yes. Whereas other teams, you know. I I took it as he said he said it was helpful to learn other ways to do it because the Spurs do it right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I kind of took it as, like, a compliment to the way the Spurs do things. It's like, yeah, they do everything perfect, and all their guys mm-hmm. are perfect, and nobody yeah. acts out. 
and nobody does the wrong thing or is a diva about it. And it was helpful for him to get experience in scenarios where that was an issue yeah. because that's something you're going to have to realistically face as a coach. You won't end up with a Spurs perfect situation, mm. you know. I think that's all he was trying to say. But Yeah, and, and in, San, in San Antonio still to this day, and I think as long as Pop is there, they're going to do things their own way. Yes. I think there's a there's a way that other teams in the NBA do things, and there's the way that the Spurs do that. And I think the Heat are kind of like that too. Maybe not yep. to the extreme of the Spurs, but – or maybe more extreme than the Spurs. I mean, you're crazy things about Miami, too. Also true. Um, Pat Riley. Yeah. I bet he's killed a man. I, I bet so. He, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he looks like he's got mob ties for sure. He's like he's like the Miami connection. Yes. He's got the imports from Cuba. <laughs> oh, man. Gotta love. Gotta love an NBA <laughs> owner with a pinky ring. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Okay, so I guess... Um, the, the big thing that has happened with the Spurs over the last week was the Devin Vassell injury. Now, it's not a serious injury. It's just a quad contusion. Thankfully, not serious because that guy's been the rock. Yeah. He has been Dwayne the Rock Johnson for the Spurs. Yes. Uh, <laughs> honestly, when, when, when I found out he was going to miss even, you know, one or two, three games, whatever it's going to be, I started looking at Chet Holmgren tape and <laughs> I was looking at... I was looking at a draft big boards and I was like, is the ringers big board out yet? Because I'm just, the season's over. <laughs> if Devin Vassell is missing any serious amount of time, but um, luckily they got, they got a win over um, Boston without him. DeJounte Murray really went up a level because, you know, the Spurs jumped out to a big 26 point lead. Um, I think as early as the middle of the second quarter. And then the thing that always happens to the Spurs team is the better team start chipping away at the lead Next thing you know, I think by the early fourth quarter, Boston was up like seven to nine points. And you're like, okay, it's another one of those games. But the thing that happened was the Spurs actually punched back for the first time this season, and they took one, and a lot of it had to do with DeJounte Murray. He really, really closed that shit out, man. It was impressive. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was he was insane. Um See when he told the bench to take Schroeder out? That was so <laughs> sick. He scored on Schroeder, and he came back just chirping at the bench like he's too small, and he kept just pointing with his thumb like, take him out. Like, he is not going to guard me. And it was awesome. Yeah, no, DeJounte was so badass. And you could see at the end of the game the way he was, like, jumping into passing lanes and meeting guys at half court trying to get them to get rid of the ball or take the ball. He he did not want to lose again. No. And it was cool. You know, that was awesome to see. But the thing that really concerned me and the thing about that game that further illustrated one of the things that I've been harping on about this team since the end of last season is that they do not have, outside of Devin Vassell, a guy who can match up and slow down elite wings like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Because once Tatum started getting going, there was nothing they could do about him. Like Derek White did an admirable job, but Derek White is 6'4". Yep. Uh, Kelton Johnson is... I'm not, I'm not going to keep harping on Kelton Johnson. I think he's improved in a lot of ways over the last couple of weeks. We're going to talk about the Sean, Brad, the Sean Bradley T-Mac poster style dunk, oh, man. That was man. incredible. Yeah, and then he like he, he rode the pony. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, he, he dunked on the entire Celtics team. It was, it was probably the nastiest dunk I've seen from a Spurs player since richard jefferson i don't know maybe mm. Kawhi leonard had one or something but man yeah. it was insane that was a serious poster Wolf. yeah, yeah that, that's gonna be a dunk of the year candidate i loved all the edits too they put little cowboy boots on them and shit <laughs> it was so much fun <laughs> oh my god yeah so overall um i think i think not much has changed for this team 
it's nice to get a win just because um much much like the rockets you, you want the product to maintain a, a certain level of watchability yeah you don't want it to become completely hopeless where the guys have just given up and they're like, we can't fucking win. Yeah. We're fucked. You know, maybe, maybe it's time to start looking at other options around the NBA, but getting little games like that here and there are, um, they're so important, but the Spurs schedule isn't going to get any lighter. And honestly, that's fine because if the Spurs keep losing, I'm happy with it because <laughs> honestly, the Rockets are only two games ahead of the Spurs in the lottery odds. Yep. And so I'm kind of, I'm a Rockets fan right now, man. I'm just like, <laughs> win, 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 win. Let's go Rockets. Keep Come going, on. guys. Zion's coming back to New Orleans. Things, yep. uh, everything's coming up Millhouse for the Spurs, man. Yep. Giddy's starting to look really nice for OKC. Yep. They're, they're getting a game or two every now and then, it seems like. So I'm good with it. I'm, Orlando, I'm, they're the one. They're the ones that are going to just continue to suck ass, I think, and, and really do a nice job at it. Yeah, they'll get another top three pick, and they'll end up picking the least favorable of the top three, top four prospects like they always do. And Possibly, then, yep. In five years, they'll be back in the AC to the Eastern Conference, and then they'll be out again next year. Yep. So that's just the way Orlando has been since Dwight Howard left town. <sighs> poor, poor Lando. Yeah. More like poor Lando. See what I did? <laughs> So, um, outside of DeJounte, I think Derek White has begun to show some signs of life. I don't know what was going on with him for the first several weeks of the season, but it looks like he's got a little bit more of his Derek game back. You know, he's got yeah. the, the mid-range game, little floaters. He's a little more shaky in the paint. The three ball still isn't quite falling at the rate that you'd want it to. Man, dogs just really hate the Spurs. Yeah, the Spurs Coyotes back outside <laughs> <now>. <laughs> But regardless, I think I think Derek coming back and um, Lord. playing at some facsimile of what you want him to be is huge for this team. Because honestly, they don't really have any other options at the two. That's fair. It's, it's DeJounte, <laughs> and then I think Devin's more of a, a wing. Yep, I'd play him three for sure, yeah. Yeah, and then there's no one else. I mean, Lonnie is, he can't really be trusted. He shows flashes every now and then, but he's still just showing flashes. Brent Forbes, you know, we're not... I'm not going to do a Bryn Forbes segment. I'm sorry. I'm all Bryn Forbes out. And then <laughs> Trey Jones has been has been kind of a revelation, honestly. Um, I'm a huge Trey Jones fan. He is so smooth. He's so in control. He is the best pure point guard on the roster. I wanted to dispute that, but I don't know that I can really. I mean, that, that makes sense because yeah, I mean, the other guys use it. You're being that are being utilized as at the one aren't really pure point guards. So yeah, no, that's that's fair. Dejounte is a point guard, but he's not like a captain of the ship. Get everyone oh, in the right, yeah. calm things down, run the perfect pick and roll. Like Trey Jones is kind of like watching him score in the paint reminds me a little bit of Tony Parker. Now no one's ever going to be as dominant at six one as Tony Parker was in the paint. Pretty impressive. He was insane. I think he led the NBA in paint points for several years in a row, and that was yep. in an era where Shaq was still playing and you had yep. Yao Ming, but I digress. Uh, the floaters, the mid-range game, scoring around the rim a little bit better. Um, I'm all on board with Trey Jones. Um, really enjoying watching that dude play. So uh, needs to take some minutes from some of these other guys, I think. I think he needs to take all of the minutes from all these guys other than Derek and DeJounte. <laughs> Just to run a three-man roster, Just, go big three rules. <laughs> I mean, if, they, if, if the Spurs shrunk their rotation down to eight, nine players... They'd probably win a few more games if they just did a, like a three-guard rotation of Derek, 
DeJounte and uh, Trey Jones and then, you know, ran Devin Vassell, um, Kelvin Johnson, Doug McDermott, and then two centers. Big bad th- booty thaddy. The big bad thooty da- thooty daddy. daddy. Thaddy Ooh. daddy. <laughs> and, uh, y'all yeah, like I don't the... know if I like thaddy daddy or booty thaddy. Booty thaddy. Booty thaddy's weird. I guess it sounds like we're talking about his butt. Thaddy's got a fatty. Thaddy's got a fatty. <laughs> this... yeah. And we're never, ever going to be able to get Thad Young on the pod. That's a... <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. I'm sure he's not going to be playing in Texas much longer anyway. That's so. fair, too. Uh, yeah, I think that's almost everything with the Spurs. There was a little news about, um, I think it was from Bleacher Report's Jake Fisher, that it looks like Becky Hammond is going to be the predecessor to Pop if he retires this season. All right, all right. It's pretty cool to see. It is. It'll be a, a big opportunity for her, I think, and uh, probably a good choice as far as someone who's been there long enough to understand and keep the culture alive, but put their stamp on it, you know? I Poor hope Vida. I <laughs> I hope if she does get the nod to be the next head coach that they have the foresight to build a really strong supporting staff around her on the bench, like maybe bring back Brett Brown if he's not going to get oh. another head coaching gig, you know, just make sure she has all the support she needs to succeed because I think next year this team is going to be in a better position. Talent-wise, for sure. Talent-wise, yep. um not just because of the high draft pick, just because yeah. I think a lot of these, you know, everybody will be a year older and, you know, there's all kinds of options that can happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, best witch, best witches Ooh. to Becky Hammond. I know we're past spooky season, but focus, focus. Yeah. Anyways, that uh, would be fun. I think that uh, her staying in San Antonio and taking over for pop is really the fairy tale ending. I'm for that. Yeah. It seems like no one else has the balls to hire a woman at this point anyway. So fair. Um, yeah, I guess let's hit up old D town, old, old, the the old D bag, Dallas. (laughs) It's no longer the big D. It's the D bag. The old D bag. (laughs) Um, you know, shouts to everybody on Malcolm X Boulevard. It's the only cool thing about Dallas. They got a Malcolm X Boulevard. That's pretty tight. There was the JFK assassination. That was pretty cool. Oh yeah. That was, that was a, that was pretty, yeah. It was badass. That was even. a metal moment in yeah. American history, really. If you believe that it happened. <laughs> That's the type of JFK conspiracy I love the most. The ones that it's like, no, it was a false bottom car and he fell out <laughs> into a tunnel and now he lives with Elvis on Mars. And it's like, oh, okay. I yeah, like that's cool. I like that. I liked the Q conspiracy back when they were like a they're they're gathering in Dallas and they thought JFK was gonna come back and reveal <laughs> himself and that Kennedy, who would be like 111 years old right now, is still alive and he's still the president and he's gonna anoint <laughs> Donald Trump the next president and JFK <laughs> Jr. is gonna be the VP. I love it. Oh man. Man, there's some good conspiracy theories right now. Just in terms of entertainment value. Sorry, I said the word good. I don't yeah. want anybody to uh take that as me endorsing anything. Jesus. I don't mean good as in uh accurate or good as in healthy or or good as in helpful to anything at all. I just mean good as in really funny. Yeah. Um so uh, you know, the maps. Let's let's Lucas still hurt. That's the big news. Womp womp womp. Um but it's given Kristaps Porzingis an opportunity to kind of come back to life. Luke is not hurt, man. He's training with JFK Jr. <laughs> They're coming back at the same time. To anoint Donald J. <laughs> Trump our president forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're going to lose so many listeners at this point. 
Well, or we'll gain some weird ones, you know. Either way, <laughs> no attention is bad attention. Yes, yeah. it's the Trump rule, the Trump theorem, the Trump Lavar Ball theorem. Yeah, no so, press is bad press. <laughs> I think um, the Dallas Mavericks are still at a point of stasis, even with uh, Luka Doncic out. I I don't know how much of what is happening with Porzingis is sustainable. Um, obviously you wish the best health to anyone. Yes. Um, but that's going to be a big question mark with him for the rest of his career. Um, just the nagging injuries, the little things like that. It's, it's, it's going to be hard for him. Yeah. And we knew that before he was drafted that just with his body type, slender, long build, it's just not really conducive to, uh, maintaining healthy bones. It's true. And it's such a tightrope. He's done everything he possibly can as far as like the bulking up and stuff, but it's such a tightrope to walk when your whole game is mobility and, and out maneuvering people and being quick for your size. And uh, it, it's difficult balance to, to maintain to bulk up, but not go too far and slow yourself down or ruin your shot or any of that kind of stuff. And it seems like he's maybe finding that now this season. Um, but uh, again, like you said, like that's just always a question mark with Porzingis is can he, can he play games? Can he be there? Um, but that being said, he's there and he looks fucking great. Like defensively, even he's, he's not quite such a turnstile. He's finishing games with a couple steals and three blocks or so. Uh, he's, you know, like it's not all about stat sheet stuff on defense for sure. He's still got those possessions where he's just looks flat footed or bored. Well, I think but, a lot of it has to do with Kidd is using him a little more conservatively de- defensively. Mm. I think, you know, one criticism I had of Carlisle with Porzingis is he kind of put him in a lot of compromising positions defensively. I think Kidd has done a lot for Porzingis in that yes. in that regard. Honestly, on both ends of the floor, yeah. Kidd has made Porzingis kind of a priority. He he's kind of sees Luca as a, a foregone conclusion, and and he knows what he needs to put his his effort into. So I'll give some credit where credits due there, even though I'm not in on the kid kid coaching staff at all. But yeah. I, I will say that's a pretty smart move on his behalf. But anybody could have seen that that was the move coming in <laughs> is that you needed to build up Porzingis and just let Luca go. Yeah. But with everything else, I just I I don't know. What we're, I mean, we're getting basically what we expected from Kid. He's the same old Jason Kid. I mean, it's it's the same story every week with the Mavs, and I'm really hoping that we get something that changes with this team because uh, ultimately, I, I feel like they uh, have a predetermined destiny at this point. Mm-hmm. Unless something shakes out in the West, uh, they're just they are who they are. Yeah. yeah. Second round. Second round. Second round. Second round. Yeah, maybe. that's kind of maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe even first, but. It 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 doesn't seem like a team that can get over that hump unless one or both of those guys, Luca and Chris Tapps, can go freaking 2011 Dirk on them mm. in the playoffs. But again, they'll be Luca will have played 400,000 minutes by then or something, and he'll yep. be a little banged up. And Chris uh, Tapps is carrying a heavier heavier load this season, and and it's bearing fruit so far. But will he be one hundred percent healthy come playoff time? It's a long time from now, and a lot of games. Uh, so I, again, I feel like we're always so doom and gloom with the Mavs segment, but they really are kind of just in a holding place at this point uh, as a team, or they're very good, and they have one of the best players in the world. But 
they're not quite good enough on paper or in, in execution. And uh, they maybe haven't made the right moves to correct that as far as a, a coaching hire and, and, and auxiliary pieces around Luca and, and KP. But, geez, this dog really hates our takes this week. Yeah. I can't say I blame him, you know? Yeah. We're, pretty, we're pretty out there. We're abrasive, that's for sure. He's over it. He has to listen to us every Sunday. Yep, he's mad. Yep. He can't do it anymore, man. All right. So I have a Mavs proposal. We discussed this briefly, but maybe we rename Chris Stapps. If he's making a return, he's still the unicorn, but we spell it with a K and a backwards R. And we get like the band corn involved somehow. And we have like a whole corn night at, at, at American Airlines Center. Anytime, anytime Porzingis hits a three, the guy starts beatboxing. Yes, yes. <laughs> or yeah, anytime like KP hits a buzzer beater, it just they have something takes a part of me. <laughs> just like ready on a soundboard. They just hit that, it goes. Um <laughs> 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 oh jesus christ uh but yeah that's it maps fan base you guys are okay uh, it seems like i'm getting a lot of kid a lot of fire kid and fire silas talk on the timeline yeah well fire silas is calming down it hasn't left people's twitter names yet i've noticed they're still blank hashtag fire silas yeah but they're tweeting nice things about him and his offense. So I'm seeing that. I'm seeing it turn as far as the Rockets go. But Kid is pretty much all negative. I love that no one in San Antonio has the gall to say fire pop. So it's just like, pop, retire, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to be the ones to do it, man. We'd like for you to just politely leave, please. Uh, I don't blame you, though. That's a tough position to be in with pop. Because if he's still loving it, you want him to do it till he's dead, if that's what he loves doing. You know, he's fucking pop. Like... Have at it, but I don't know. He's making a farewell tour. We've circled back around to both other teams besides the Mavs in our Mavs segment now, but I, I do think Pop's on that retirement tour. It seems like it. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like he's truly at peace on the sidelines. Like he's he's 21 games away from the record. Maybe he'll get it. Maybe he won't. I think um, he will. Yeah. I think DeJounte now has, see, has made it his personal mission. Yeah, for the future of the Spurs, I hope uh, that they remain shitty. Hopefully, maybe 26 wins is just enough to keep it, a top five pick. I bet it will be. I don't know. I bet it will be. We'll see. But um, Because, I mean, add another 10 games to the season their last year, right? Wasn't it only 72 last year? Yeah. And I, I imagine most of those top, bottom four teams would have been into the 20s at some point. Mm. Yeah, I think so. But And no one's horrendously bad this year. Like, the Magic and the Rockets, potentially. Yeah. But... I don't the, know. I the think Rockets 20, were on track to be the worst team of all time. But. Uh, by a wide margin. Again, the Silas family tradition would have been awful. That would have just tarnished that family's good name. <laughs> but uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. I hope they get little plaques <laughs> next to each other on the family mantle. <laughs> the 2007 Bobcats or whatever the fuck year it was. Maybe 0405. I can't remember. It was the 11-12. Oh, there Bobcats. it is. Yeah, the Gerald Wallace era. And then yep. exactly 10 years later, the 21-22 oh, Rockets. Man, that's so poetic. And but DJ Augustine was on both teams. Happen. And yeah. Augustine was on both teams, yep. 
I bet Steven Silas is so grateful to have DJ Augustine around on that team. Just like one tiny little semblance of familiarity in this totally weird situation. Like that would be very helpful. I'd imagine. I like having DJ Augustine on the team. Frankly, he's a a stabilizing force. (laughs) Um, I uh, also we we haven't been doing this as much the last few weeks, but we do still really we we'd love to have a third person to actually like dish into the Mavs and know what the fuck they're talking about and doing yep. and on that end of the segment. So uh, if you or anyone you know is a Mavs fan or just Mavs expert and you want to get on the mic and and you're in the Austin area or we can figure out I don't know we're tech savvy we can figure a way to zoom you in or something. Mm. Um, but. If you want to talk Mavs with us, please hit us up, DM us, or, or uh, you know, Google our, our first and last names and find our phone numbers. Yeah. yeah if The creepier way you reach out to us, the better, really. Um, attach, like, nude pictures. This is getting uh, off the rails. I'm Leave sorry. a shoebox on my mom's front doorstep with yes. a dead bird and some baby's shoes. See, thank you. Yeah. Th- there we go. Something like that. And some we'll creative understand. gesture. Yeah. yeah, we'll know that you're the Mavs person we've been looking for. Um, <laughs> but really, we would like to add a third point to kind of uh, seal the concept, make the brand make sense, quote unquote, that kind of shit. A third um, angle, if you will. Yes, uh, so we could be the Texas third angle. Um, so Mavs fans, get at us, please, please, please. <laughs> the Texas tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's got a nice ring to it. Um, yeah. Any other rest of the league kind of stuff we want to talk about or any uh, circle back to Spurs and Mavs or Spurs and Rockets stuff that we forgot about or. I don't know. I think, I think one thing we have to do before we go is you have to go ahead and get your Lakers gloating in again. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to not be really obnoxious on Twitter, but I can't help it every now and then. I'm just like, <laughs> ah, yeah, preseason. I was calling this team to not make the playoffs when Vegas had them at like second best odds to win the title. Uh, just saying, like, I wonder how many bets got made on the Lakers where people are just furious right now. Like, God damn it. There's no way this is going to pay out, is there? But I'm going to say all this shit. I'm going to talk all this shit. I'm going to gloat about how bad they are, and they're going to turn it around midseason. It'll be the only team that ever gets through to Russ Westbrook, and he starts playing like an intelligent man with his skill set. I I don't know, man. I'm going to be cautious. I'm not going to take a victory lap. How about that? Okay. I I do think that at some point in the season, things will start to click a little bit because it happens every year with Russ, and they'll probably like – bump themselves into the six, seven seed range. And yep. then I think they might lose in the first round again, depending on who their matchup is. Fair. No, I, that seems far more likely than my spicy take of not making the playoffs at all. Uh, but I just see this level of don't give a shitness in LeBron James. That's amazing. And I, you, you bring, you brought it up the other day. Like it's not being talked about that. He's a free agent after this year. Mm-hmm. I don't even think he has an option. I think he's just oh. straight up off the hook. I think um, he signed a straight up four year deal yep. when he went to LA. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. Like if this team goes sideways, is there any cause for him to just bail and play out somewhere else for the next couple of years? Cause he's not, probably not going to be anywhere near thinking retirement for another few years. No. He wants to play with Bronny, I think. Yeah. Feels weird saying the word Bronny. I think I think he he's got to be within striking distance of the all-time points record. True. So, good I, lord. If he's I, like Yeah. He's going to own every record by the end of his career except for John Stockton. Thank you Utah Stats Keepers for that <sighs> assist. For the assist to the assist record. Mhm. You give them the hockey assist. 
historically. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Nets are still good. Everybody can calm down. Like, yeah, Kevin Durant's having to work too hard for sure. That's a problem. It will be by the playoffs, but we can't quite gloat that the Nets suck if they're the number yeah. one seed. So they don't suck. It's just not what we envisioned they would be. True. Yeah. And the Kyrie Irving thing is hilarious. I was thinking about this the other night. Like, what do you guys think Kyrie's doing with his time? Like, I mean, I want to see Kyrie Irving's YouTube watch history for like the past <laughs> two months that there hasn't been a season. Cause I bet it's so much fun. Like, research on like crystal powers and like fucking like then a random science video about like fucking plants and how they grow or something and then it's i feel like he just listens to joe rogan man like, he's just listening to joe rogan he hits the gym for like two hours a day listens to joe rogan and goes up yeah i feel like he's a normal like he watches it's always sunny or something <laughs> I feel like he's a big reader. I bet Kyrie reads more than we we give him credit for. Yeah. But I'm just curious. Like, I don't know what the hell he's doing. I'm sure he's staying in shape and stuff. He's huh. Kyrie Irving. But what the fuck would you do with your time if you were taking a stand against vaccines and not getting paid forty plus million dollars a year to to make basketball to make basketball. <laughs> to make basketball. <laughs> well, we know uh, Ben Simmons is killing his time by uh, pushing himself towards bankruptcy. By buying cars. <laughs> He's like stress buying Bentleys because to cope with all of this. <laughs> like he's not doing it to himself. Exactly, yeah. I feel like he oh dug himself God. into a hole and he knows he needs to go back, but he's just too embarrassed to. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange, sad situation over there in Philly that I kind of don't want anybody to win. Yeah. Uh, but then that makes me feel bad because I'm like, then it's like, well, you're rooting against some guy's mental health and growth. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, maybe I do want Ben Simmons to win, but only from like a personal standpoint. I don't want him to get what he wants and get get to pick a team or whatever the fuck or I don't know or come back and everybody acts like it ro it's roses and not have any kind of fallout. I feel like what's happening with the Sixers is some sort of like weird karmic trap like Satan trapped all these people in Philadelphia to torture them like Maury and the processed <laughs> Sixers fans and Ben Simmons are all there in Philadelphia to, to pay for their sins. Oh man. What was their sin? ECW? You think it was ECW? <laughs> They're all there to pay for Heyman's sins? <laughs> There's a piece of fucking Terry Funk's scalp that's like glued to the ECW <laughs> arena floor that's just been rotting for 25 years. It's the cursed artifact. <laughs> yeah, that's nobody. nobody's discovered it yet. Oh, man. Yeah, we got an ECW shout out this week. Mm -hmm. We're old. I'm old. I'm old. I'm old enough to have imparted ECW on other people. Be like, you should check this shit out. It was wild. Mm -hmm. A lot of it was some of the worst wrestling you'll ever see in your life. Some of it's some of the best wrestling you'll ever see yep. in your life. But a lot of it was really unwatchably bad. Yep. And 90s to the core. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then it would be like, oh, wow, they're going to hit. Oh, wow. They just hit him with that. Like. That wasn't a fake chair or table. All the tables still have that black ring around the edge uh -huh. that like slices them every time. Yeah. And you know their checks were bouncing too. Yes. Oh man. Crazy man. Jerry, shout out Jerry Lynn. That was I think that's a that's a great ECW wrestler mm -hmm. there that didn't ever sell out and join one of the big ones. 
Because his name is Jerry Lynn. Yeah, that's a bad one. It's, it's not like a good a bad wrestling name. Country singer name. Yeah. yeah. If if a female country artist, I feel like that would kill. Since <laughs> we're on the topic of wrestling, um, shout out to Jim Ross, who's uh, seriously fighting skin cancer right now. I know he's going through a uh, radiation treatments. Uh, he's the voice of everyone's childhood. Seriously, for like five different childhoods, yeah. I feel like <laughs> continuing yeah. today with AEW fans. If there are any kids that are AEW fans, I don't know that there are. It's probably just thirty-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, shouts to Jim Ross, man. Good old Jr. Get well soon, homie. Absolutely. Um, and shout out to AEW for finally putting out a watchable product AEW? that's not just indie garbage wrestling. It's pretty fun now. Yeah. I gotta say, um, I still. They have a gimmick or two every now and then that I'm just like, man, are you fucking kidding me? Like Jungle Boy always bothers me. I gotta be uh, honest. Like, it's just stupid to me. I feel like, like a lot of the stuff that they're airing now could hold up in any era of wrestling where like a lot of the segments that you see on Dynamite, they could have been segments during the Attitude Era or during the height right. of the NWA or anything like that. I think a lot of it has to do with, like, I know you're not a CM Punk fan, but... Guys like that legitimizing their business a little bit. Yes. And elevating people. I, it's just been such a, a huge thing for them. I think a lot of, yeah, they've brought over a lot of people who know how to be pros at the highest level and yep. they're going to rub off on everybody else. Yeah. Jericho set the foundation there, but mm. they've needed, you, know, you need more than one name to, to do that. He set the foundation and he put over no one. Not that I can remember. Uh, let's see. Who do you drop it to? Didn't he drop it to Mox? Yeah, but I I, put, but Mox was already over. Mox was already over, and then I like he kind of buried MJF a little bit. Yeah, I mean MJF is so entertaining, dude. MJF is. I'm awesome. excited. I'm really excited for this program that he's gonna have with CM Punk. Yes. God, That'll be he's top notch. That'll be top notch stuff. He's just excellent in every fucking facet that you'd want a heel wrestler to be. Yes. I love that dude. I love watching that dude. His promos are hilarious. Yep. He did a Bleacher Report Ask Me Anything the other day, and uh, they asked him for his Mount Rushmore on the mic, and he just <laughs> gave his own name four times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah, good heel energy there. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, let's wrap it up on wrestling, man. Let's yeah. go crack a Budweiser and smash shit against our head real hard while smoking a cigarette and carrying a kendo stick like Sandman, you know? Well, while Inter Sandman plays over the AT&T Center PA. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking a six-pack and smoking like half a pack of cigarettes before the match in the crowd. Inside, just around people. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> so fucking cool, man. God bless. Oh, yeah. Well, hell yeah. Thank you guys for listening again. Uh, feels like a brisk one and a little quick episode, but, you know, sometimes those are nice. And, uh, Quite weak. It really was. Other than Rockets, which we, you know, we really hit pretty hard, frankly. Um, yeah, thanks again for listening. Go go Spurs, go Rockets, go Mavs. Go potty. Goodbye. Go potty. <laughs>